0: and they have done just that. Retired confidently. If you're willing to go with me, I can tell you how. It's story time. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. I want to start with a fun story. It's a bit of a confession. I'm going to tell you this story from when I was in high school. Some of you are going to think this was really poor decision making on my part. Some of you are going to totally relate to, <laughs> to this story that I tell you. So, my first car was not a car. It was a boat. It it not a boat that floats. We're talking a really really big long car. I want to say off the top of my head it was a 1968 chrysler plymouth or plymouth Chrysler, i think chrysler plymouth it had an engine size 303 i think some of those had a a 383 hemi in them i'm almost positive and somebody that that knows all the details of engines can can correct me and i, I won't take offense i'm pretty sure it had a the 303 which was plenty i mean it, it was a big car all still i mean the trunk the trunk was huge like we've we we put a stereo system in it, of course, like we're high school kids, right? And so, one time, my buddy was laying in the trunk, and he was uh, not quite as tall as me, but he was like six three, six four, and uh, <laughs> and he was laying in there. He was on a little bit of an angle, working at the speakers that were behind the back seat, and he was just he was comfortable. We just closed him in there. It's not a it's not a good joke. Do not do that if you're. Anybody young listening to this, don't mess with people like that. But we did. And I I have a pretty soft heart. And so, you know, he was he laughed, he was joking around. But once he was like, "Hey guys, are you there?" I only played it out for like 20 seconds of of uh standing there in silence before I just unlocked it and let him out. And so so we kept it funny. We didn't turn it turn it mean. But that gives you an idea. Just the trunk on that thing was that long. It had a huge wheelbase. And so we would cruise it all over. Had a I think they called it the racing green. It was this really dark, uh, maybe emerald green. I forget what they called it. It was this. It dark, shiny green, like it like it had emerald flecks in the in the in the paint was the was the concept. So at any rate, we had a ton of fun with that. One time I'm driving around with my buddy. Let's call him, let's call him Bodie. I was driving around with my my friend Bodie, and he goes, hey, you want to jump this car? (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know, man. It's pretty old at this point. And he's like, no, we should jump this car. And so he told me about this spot in the town, not the little tiny town that I grew up in, but a slightly bigger town that I went to high school in, where in that town, all of the the stop signs stopped the traffic moving east to west and the north to south streets were like kind of considered the, for the most part, the through streets. And, you know, until you cross uh, State Street or, or maybe some other big one. But for for general in all the neighborhoods in the kind of in the older part of town, through traffic was north to south and east to west traffic had uh, the stop signs. Well, there was one intersection where the north to south traffic if you're going north, then you would cross over the other lane of traffic, and then the road declined pretty sharply. I, I don't know what percentage, but a sharp decline, and then kind of a, and then a gradual decline a little further, and then it leveled out. So that that was just kind of a, a part of the the old town that had been a little bit higher, and so that part of the road they they sloped it off. Well. To keep people from going north to south and either hitting that, if they're going south, they would have gone up it really fast and and maybe jumped. But certainly, if you were going uh, south to north, then you would cross the other lane of traffic, and then it's just a drop-off, and so you're just... Floating through the air for a minute before your, your your tires hit. So he explained this to me, and he said, "Oh yeah, we can we can jump this. Like it's got good suspension. It's it's a rock. Like everything on this is built to last." And so we pull up a little ways from that stop sign. The last thing we wanted to do was thinking hit somebody or cause any damage. So that was a big deal to us. And so he wanted to ride, but it wasn't worth it because we had to cross traffic. So he he said, "Okay, I'll motion you to come up." And So he said, "I'll jump out, run up to this, to stoplight, and then I'll motion you to come up." Well, he jumps out and he starts running up there. And while he's running up there, I put it in reverse. And this is a, a, at night, and the streets are clear. I put it in reverse and back up a little ways, and then I stop. And so I, I'm watching him in the headlights, and he's looking, looks both directions, just make sure it's all good. So his back was to me because he was just you know looking both ways down that street, make sure he's good. So then he turns around and waves like, "All right, come on!" <laughs> and so, so I hit it, I pinned it right, and we like, I didn't like power break it, but I just, I just gave it gas, and we take off, and, <laughs> and we really did catch a lot of air. Like I, I that's the closest to Dukes of Hazard that I'm ever going to be. We jumped and we landed, and the car. I mean, it really was a well-built car. It landed, we we was smooth and kind of it kind of like floated off of the off of that first uh, initial landing, and then uh, and then I slowed down really quickly, and he comes running up. But like I could tell, like he he was he was excited, he was animated. He, there was a lot going on. He was pretty jazzed, and so I stop, and he runs up, and he opens the door, and he jumps inside, and he and he closes the door, and then we. And at that point, we didn't want to hang around too long. And so we, very within the speed limit, started driving throughout the town. <laughs> I look at him like, whoa, that was awesome. And he looks at me and goes, why did you do that? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you told me to. <laughs> He's like, no, I didn't. I'm like, is this conversation happening? I like, you told me, let's go jump this car. And he goes, no, you backed up. you." I've never seen anybody go off of that thing <laughs> from that far back and so I said, no, you, you told me that, uh, that you would to pull up here so that you could jump out and go make sure cross traffic was, was good. And so I backed up while you were doing that. He said, no, I told you to pull up to here and I will go up like you were supposed to go from there. you flew like that was crazy you landed your you bottom down those sparks flying everywhere I'm like oh my goodness I am so glad that we are safe and that everything is good and turned out fine because obviously it was his idea but um it was much more than he had anticipated (laughs) And it was just a great example. Obviously, it's a bad decision. Don't do that. Like any teenagers listening to me, like it worked out fine. And it's a funny story now. But if something happens and you roll a car, like it's just it's just not worth it. You have other greater things to do. I mean, you really want to thrill in life? Try starting a business. Like, yeah, this was fun for, 20 seconds but try putting yourself out there creating a product or you know or or try developing something like that's like long term thrills doing stuff that's that's scary that that actually has a really positive impact in the world so there there's the the lesson for, uh, for younger folks for older folks this is a story that I think about all the time when it comes to having A clear vision and then being able to create that this is one of these times when it's like oh let's just do this and we jump in and in the end it works out fine it's and it's a a great story but it illustrates the point of not being exactly on the same page and how you can make bad decisions when you haven't created exactly what the game plan is and then and then communicated it so I, I Obviously, that's the world that I live in is, okay, how do we create a retirement income scenario that is really precise and really clear so we've got that exact vision? Because once you have that vision, then you communicate that really clearly. And if you're doing this yourself, then obviously first, you go through the steps to get this really clear vision of exactly what your income sources will be and at what ages you'll take those income sources. And then what happens when, uh, if you're married, one of you passes away, and then where does the Medicare Or other types of um, health insurance that you use for that retirement? How does that play into it? Because that's where you get that clarity. That's where you get that clear vision. And then that allows you to then communicate that to perhaps the most important person is you communicate it to yourself. It helps you keep your head in the game when you're going through difficult market environments. Or it helps inform your decisions right now. Or your spouse for certain Having that clear vision then allows you to communicate really clearly around that, as well as other professionals in your life. And so I, th- I think about this story often. When it was just very simple, that he says, "Let's do this," but when he jumps in the car, he's like, "Why did you do that?" I'm like, "What do you mean? Why did I do that? You—that's what you told me to do." <laughs> he said, "No, I told you to stop here. I'm going to run up there." In my mind, he said, "Stop here," and so I can run up there which will give you time to, to get back a little ways away because we were not very far away from, from the stop sign. And so I thought there's no way that you can get up enough speed to drop off of, of this thing. So at any rate, funny story, but really important point when it comes to with your retirement income, obviously other parts of your life, but specifically with your retirement income, because it's math, you can get very, very clear on exactly where you are and what you will need to accomplish your retirement income goals, that becomes your vision and it becomes just so much easier, tremendously easier to communicate that clearly to all the the stakeholders involved. So I hope you enjoy that story. And it's a huge, huge, important aspect of having a confident retirement. Hey, have a great week. Take care. Hey folks, one last thing. If you have not checked out the Retire Confidently program recently, you really need to. We have drastically changed the cost associated with that program. So to go to teltonhall.com forward slash program and then click sign up and then put in the discount code podcast, podcast, all caps. They're gonna be blown away at the price that you'll pay for what a program that could massively change your retirement outlook your confidence towards your retirement and make thousands ten thousands even hundreds of thousands of dollars of difference in your retirement don't miss this take advantage of it right now teltonhall.com forward slash program click sign up use the discount code podcast in all caps and for the price of, I mean, the less than a pair of basketball shoes, less than a really nice dinner out, you can get access to a program where we've seriously tried to give you every tip, every trick, every piece of education, every strategy that we can to turn any angst you have about retirement into confidence towards your retirement. Check it out, teltonhall.com forward slash program. I am super excited for you. Your future retired self is ecstatic for you.